This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you ever see a successful woman on your feed or in a magazine and think, wow, it must be nice to have it so easy? Well, think again. Behind that glossy cover or smiling face is a ton of hard work, countless failures, and endless learning experiences. I'm Rebecca Minkoff, and I'm here to tell you that success isn't a walk in the park. It takes grit, resilience, and a willingness to take risks. That's why I created Superwoman a podcast that peels back the varnish and gets into the nitty-gritty of what it takes to make it as a woman in today's world. From luminaries and game changers to women you've never heard of but should, this podcast is here to inspire you to take your next leap, no matter how daunting it may seem. We'll explore the sacrifices these women have made, the highs and lows they've experienced, and the lessons they've learned along the way. So if you're ready to be inspired and learn from some of the most successful women out there, join me on Superwomen. Together, we'll uncover the stories behind the successes and prove that with hard work, determination, and a little bit of luck, anything is possible. Hey everyone, you're listening to Superwomen. Today's guest is my dear friend, Aliza Licht. She is currently promoting her book on brand, Shape Your Narrative, Share Your Vision, Shift Their Perception. I first came to know of Aliza when she was hiding as DK and my PR girl, where everyone in the industry was talking about how incredible it was, what that brand was doing, and she was the genius behind it all. She has gone on to now author two books. She helps so many women shape their story and promote not only their brands, but their personal brand and how important it is, whether you have a business or not, Take a listen. So welcome back. This is version, I shouldn't say version, round two. Um, round two. We spoke before. And for those listening, you should go back and listen to our first recording because it was great. And it sort of sets up the history and the backstory. But you recently wrote another book, which I applaud you. Thank you. <laughs> that is that is some someone's like, are you ever going to write a book? And I was like, absolutely not. But so tell me what the book is about and whether you're an entrepreneur or an employee or about to graduate, like, why is this book for you? Well, first of all, thanks for having me back on. I always love talking to you, Rebecca, and seeing you IRL. You know, it's interesting because the world has totally changed from a work perspective. And I've always been someone who was a proponent of career development and mentoring women and men, but really the idea of understanding that personal branding is, is not a choice anymore. It's a requirement. And I think for people that say like, oh, well, I don't have a personal brand. That's not for me. It's like, but you are being 
consumed in every single way you're showing up. And the question is really, does your self-reflection match public perception? And that can be as a founder, it can be as an internal employee. So I wrote on brand, shape your narrative, share your vision, shift their perception to help people go through that journey of self-reflection and ask themselves, what do I want to be known for in whatever circle I travel in? And how do I make sure people see my value? Because waiting around for someone to notice you're good at what you do isn't a strategy. So what would you say to someone who doesn't have that confidence to share what they've done or even know who the right person is to share, right? Like you could be telling HR, but at the end of the day, it's your manager who makes those decisions. Such a great question. So one of the things that I tried to do in the book is really be equitable between people who are social media mavens like you and people who are like, that's not my thing. Like I'm never going to go online and be posting about what I'm doing. Right. So this idea essentially is about doing it in the way that you feel comfortable. So for introverts, for example, that might mean that you put it into a deck and you say to your manager, hey, we haven't had a chance to catch up. I wanted to share the things that I'm working on and the results so far. I'm really proud of, you know, this project and put it in writing. Or you can say to a trusted colleague, which this is one of my favorite tactics, which is really leveraging the Whisper Network to say, hey, in our next meeting, like I would love for, for you know, our manager to know X, Y and Z. I feel super uncomfortable talking about this win. Would you be able to amplify it for me? And if there's something you want people to know, let me know. And, you know, you and I are traveling a lot of the same circles behind the scenes. And we always see people saying like, hey, I would love amplification on this win or you can help me get this out there. One of the things that's really important is I hate bragging. This is not this is not a book to teach people how to brag. I actually have a quiz and on brand because there's all these mental gymnastics exercises throughout. There's a workbook in the book. Are you bragging like 15 ways to know you're bragging? Like, I don't want people to just talk about themselves all day. Right. But if you don't share good things that are happening in your career and and really internally and externally, nobody is going to know. So I have a rule, which is the five to one rule. And I will proactively myself go out every you know, couple of days and find five people in my network to amplify. Whatever they're proud of, I will amplify it. And then I'll share one of my wins. So for every one time I'm talking about myself, I really do try to amplify other people because then you're creating goodwill amongst your network. You're helping people share what they're doing. And it doesn't seem so self-serving. So you're bragging whether it's, in an email group or on your social? I don't want to say we're bragging. I think we're sharing (laughs) what we're doing. So I think of it, no, so I think of it more as positioning yourself, right? Okay. Okay. So like if you spoke on a panel this week or you weren't honored or nominated for something, like you would probably share it on LinkedIn or share it on Instagram, like super proud, thank you. And you're thanking people and you're letting people know. But while you're doing that, people are like, wow, Rebecca was invited to do that or Rebecca was honored, that's so cool, right? You need to tell people that because it it tells people kind of where you are in your journey. Yeah. It's not bragging. It's it's communicating. And, yeah. you know, as a former PR girl, as you know, like every single person needs to think about, like, what is your headline? Like, what do you want people to know about what you're doing and how you're progressing in your journey? Right. But at the same time, you can't do that all day. You can't just be posting about things you're doing all day. No, no, it's exhausting. The people that do, I quite admire them, but. 
not me. <laughs> well, they also might actually be annoying to a lot of people in their network, right? Yeah. Some people might get muted if that's what they do all day. Totally. So there is a fine line that I've seen occur and it, it sort of bit me in the ass many years ago, but I was always saying if, if something was done, group effort, it's we, right? Making sure always that my team gets the credit. And then it comes to the one-to-one meetings and someone's like, well, what are you doing all day? Not that that person was right in thinking that, but they just assumed because I always gave the credit to those below that it was like, uh, I was just you know sitting with my thumb up my ass. So when you're trying to prove to someone or your manager or someone that you're doing the great work, but you want to credit your team, have you found there to be a good balance? Because then I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to take all the credit and all the meetings that are one-to-one, right? Like I did everything <laughs> because otherwise it's like I'm doing nothing. Well, this is actually such a great point and no one's <laughs> ever asked me this before. So I'm so glad you did. So there, there is individual contributor work, right? And just because you as an individual contributor do something great doesn't mean you can't take credit for it. But also maybe your individual work in the scope of the larger team where other people are also contributing to that project at a certain point in the project's life, then it does become like, I'm really proud of this work. I couldn't have done it without the help of X, Y, and Z. So I I do think the sort of mix of, of owning what you've done, right? Taking that spotlight and shining a light on yourself is important. But it's also great to acknowledge other people. But by the way, if you're the only one who actually did it, totally fine to just say, hey, I did this thing. I'm really proud of it. Right. right. Every two weeks on LinkedIn, I have a post. It's actually today. I did one today called Leaving Their Mark List, where I go through my LinkedIn timeline of like everyone I follow and I pull out every post that someone's saying like, I'm really proud of this or I'm so excited to share or whatever. All of those wins I compile into a post. So all those people that are posting about their individual win want people to understand where they are in their journey. And there's nothing wrong with that. But to your point, like you can't just always make people think that you had nothing to do with it. Like you had a lot to do with it. It starts at the top, right? So it's important to strike the balance. So I think it's great to include people, but it's also great to share individually what you're really proud of. And why would you say, you know, we started off this podcast with everyone has to have a personal brand. Why? Because the world has changed and it is competitive and it is noisy and there's layoffs happening every five seconds. And one of the biggest lessons that I put in Leave Your Mark, my first book, and that I repeated in this book is don't suffer from last name syndrome. And what that means is if you are not building equity in your own name and you are just relying on the credibility of the company that you work at, you're doing yourself a disservice. So example that I start off in on brands, my, I'm my own case study. You know, I was Aliza from DKNY for 400 years. That was my name. I didn't think about Aliza Licht meaning something in the industry. It was Aliza from DKNY. Okay, great. But what happens when you leave? So now we're at a place where so many people are hybrid. So many people work remote. How are you making an impact and making sure people see you? and the work that you're doing and the value that you're adding. Otherwise you're so easily disposable. So it we've, it's just a different time in our world. And 
it's everyone's responsibility to make sure that they don't disappear. And I'm a really firm believer in the fact that the skills and experiences are yours, right? You, you accumulate them over time. It doesn't matter where you do them. And that's what's really important to lean on. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. So would your advice to someone, let's say a millennial, our age, I don't know. You're a millennial too. I'm right? older. I'm Jenna. Okay. okay. So, <laughs> but I love you for saying I'm a millennial. <laughs> <laughs> so let's give three tiers. Your advice to your generation having to build a brand now, mine, um, mm-hmm. I'm an elder millennial, and then Gen Z. Like what are okay. you, how are they differentiating building their personal brand? such a smart question, Rebecca. So Gen X never focused on their personal brands. They did the work. They put their head down. They did the work. They spent years and years at a company. I spent 17 years working at Donna Karen. Proud of that. that. Here's what I recommend to Gen X. And this is really probably not what people are going to want to hear. In On Brand, I say, don't let your personal brand get dusty. And what that means is when you have been in a role for a really long time, you've done that thing forever, you're really good at what you do, you can do it with your eyes closed, pretty easy for you to coast through because you are at the top, you have made it within your realm, you're doing great work. However, you are expensive. You're an Mm -hmm. expensive person. And when you get really comfortable in a role, it's very easy to sit back and say, you know what? I can do this with my eyes closed. So I recommend those people to actually recognize that they are in a very precarious position. And if they don't start proactively making sure they're learning all the time, making sure they're on top of their industry, making sure that they're bringing new ideas back into the company, innovating within their role, like raising your hand for maybe a project that you wouldn't normally work on just to show and flex those muscles that like you're still relevant and you're still bringing excitement and newness to your role because otherwise 
it's so easy to just be deleted. So that's Gen X. Okay. Wow. Scary. I know. Yeah. It's, it's harsh, but true. And I, I lived it myself. So I understand. And I think even, even back in the day, taking on DKM, taking on the role of DKM PR girl back in the day, right? That was extra on top of my job. I did my day job too, but that was innovating within a traditional role to keep it fresh, to keep newness going, to make people understand like, yeah, I bring new ideas to the table. I'm not just sitting back and just doing my old job. And let me guess, you didn't say, well, since I'm taking on extra work, I need to be paid more right away. Correct. (laughs) I'm glad you raised that. I got zero dollars. Thank you. But I leaned on the idea that like, wow, I've been chosen to do this. I've been chosen to be the only person who can log into that Twitter handle. And you know, I wouldn't have any of this now. My first book, my second book, none of it without raising my hand and saying like, yeah, I'll do that as an add on to my job. But there's a huge disconnect between your generation and my generation and the willingness to do it. And then the conversations I have now, which is like, well, if I'm getting more added to me, I'm just, I need to be paid more. I need that raise right away. Not even, and it's a really, and they all feel that way. And this is no, no rub, but it's, it's quite prevalent. So let's, let's just dive into that for one second. So I believe that the people who say yes, without the additional ask and in that moment are smarter because what they don't realize is why don't you prove yourself in that extra realm, that higher, that managing up role for six months and then ask when you have a track record, you haven't done anything yet. You've been given an opportunity. You haven't done anything yet. Show that you can do it and you can do it really well. Amanda Baldwin, CEO of Supergroup was on Leave Your Mark a couple weeks ago. Her whole career was a series of saying to her manager, can I take like 20% of my time? I can even do it after hours because I'm really curious about this thing that relates to her business. And she would do it and she gained management trust and she showed them that she's super proactive and obviously we know where she is today. But the idea of asking for more at the exact minute that you have a wonderful opportunity but you haven't done anything yet is, it's too early. So for millennials right now, as far as personal branding, I would say that, you know, they're at the point where they're, they're kind of in the middle, right? They're in the middle, maybe they're a rising star, but they might not be at the executive level yet. And what's really important for that group is to really exude executive presence and be able to think about how they're showing up wherever they are. So the idea of, you know, being someone who comes prepared to a meeting and comes with ideas and speaks up, carries weight in a meeting is someone who's comfortable presenting. Like people need to see you in that more senior role to be able to say, oh yeah, you know what? Let's give that person an opportunity. And for me, no matter what age you are, I believe the magic of a strong personal brand is when your name is is dropped in rooms you're not in. And you're recommended for opportunities other people haven't heard of yet. So if you consistently show up at a more senior level, people will start imagining you that way. Right. But the other thing, and since, you know, fashion, fashion is your thing and my thing, I think caring about how you show up also matters. So like camera on dressing, dressing for the moment shows people that you care about what you're doing, right? Like I'm wearing a little dress today because I care about showing up for you. You know, 
I, I, I failed that test. Well, it's your, it's your show, so you don't have to, but, but it's really, it's about, it's about not assuming that that next will come. You have to shape that narrative. You have to show people that you're worthy of being promoted in whatever you do. Yep. And I think also for millennials, there is this leadership piece that's important, which I say in on brand is be the best type of influencer, which means as you're rising as a manager and starting to take people on under your wing, remembering that the best leaders are the ones who create a safe space among their team. Yeah. They're the ones who let people fail quickly and make it comfortable for people to be a part of that team and not always win. I think there is a little bit sometimes of new managers who think they have to sort of rule with an iron, rule with an iron fist and be the boss and be the girl boss and girl boss is over girl boss yeah. is over for years you know so it's really about having respect for everyone no matter their level really supporting your team and and making sure that you're creating a safe space and not making people um be scared to like say like actually that didn't work the way i thought it would right and then gen z Gen Z has to, they, they know so much. And I think what's great is we all learn so much from each other, no matter what the age. And I certainly learn a ton. I have my own little Gen Z focus group in my family, but they also have a lot to learn. And I think experience matters. And I think that you can have your own point of view and you're coming at the world from a different place, but at the same time, you'd be stupid to ignore who came before you. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned something. You said girl boss is over. And I yes. feel like there has been lots of conversation about, well, then what are we if we're bosses? You know, like what is and we don't have to be labeled, but there's a negative connotation to that, even though I feel like it got women a lot of notoriety, some good, some bad. So what what is next in your view? Like, what is this new world that we're entering as women? So I think girl boss became the most associated with hustle culture, right? And I am someone who hustles, you hustle. I think it's really important, but I also think the pandemic showed us, and especially if you're someone who is a mom or wants to be a mom or wants to have enough time to like find a relationship of some kind, it is important to understand that it's our lives are not just about work. And I think that's the biggest difference. So I am a huge proponent of female founders and being the boss by all means. Yep. But the idea that we live for work, I think, has changed dramatically yep. over the past couple of years. And I think that that's a good. You think it's a good thing. But for those who are just starting out in the workforce, how do, how do they balance that? Like now you and I can figure out how to balance that after so many years of just work, work, work. But if you're just starting out, like I don't I wouldn't know how to give someone advice that they're like, well, I don't work on weekends. Please don't contact me. And I don't want to stay nights. And that's, you know, don't text me. Like, how do you tell that person, like you said, to get the experience? But they're they're not living for work. They're living. So it's not the right job for them, right? <laughs> I think there are certain industries, if you yeah. work in PR or you work with celebrities or you work in social media, that's not, you do need to be tapped in. I yeah. am someone who will get a text message at 11 o'clock on Saturday night yeah. that is work related and answer it because I believe, and this is a choice, being accessible makes you indispensable. It is how I have lived my entire career. 
it doesn't mean that I don't have work-life balance, but it means that like, yeah, I will scroll through my email on the weekend because I want to make sure there's no fires I need to put out. Right. Now for people that are quiet quitters, right? Who are like, no, my day ends at six. Do not contact me. That may or may not be okay for the role. So if you work in investment banking, that's not a thing. Okay. You cannot just be like, I'm sorry, my day is over at six o'clock. You might on Saturday night be putting together a deck. That is what is required for the job. Yeah. So if you're someone that is like a nine to fiver and that's what is really important to you, then you should find another job. <laughs> I love it. I'm sorry. I, I, that's, no, don't that's be the sorry. No, yeah. I love it. I love it. So I'm assuming you have an audio book, you have a physical book, you have an ebook, all the things. I read, yes, I have an audio book. I read that thing for 12 hours. Um, oh. I have an ebook. And in the hardcover, though, I created workbook pages throughout. Okay, so, so we want the hardcover. The hardcover, I think, well, it, interestingly, I, I try to make it as user-friendly as possible, but so many people are like, what do you mean? I don't want to write in it. I'm like, no, no, that's the point. So I created on alethalick.com on the book page, I created like a PDF version that you could print out and do the work oh, nice. in, like on the side for people that are like, I don't write in books. Yeah, I mean, it really is. Listen, I'm the first case study when I left after 17 years, when I didn't have a title anymore, when I wasn't working, you know, in LVMH with all the perks, I had to figure out who I was again. And I think that that is really what I'm trying to teach people is figure out who you are now. So it doesn't matter where you're doing that thing. Yeah. And to be able to work through like, what is your Venn diagram, right? So taking the principles of luxury marketing in fashion, really, and applying them to people like do your Venn diagram to figure out where you have permission to play, figure out what your brand guardrails are, like, where do they begin? Where do they end? Is your social media helping you or hurting you? Is how you're showing up at work helping you or hurting you? And keeping your eye on that North Star of what you want to be known for and making sure that you're actually shaping that narrative. Dory Clark, who's in the book, I have a lot of expert contributors in the book. She she says it perfectly. No one's thinking about you. No one's thinking about me. No one's thinking about you. It's up to us to make sure people hear our names and understand the value that we're bringing. Wow. No one is thinking about you. That's tough. It, but it's true. It's and it's true. not because no, people I, are mean. Of course. Everyone's thinking about themselves or what their immediate life, what's in front of them. I get it. It's just an interesting perspective to take when you're trying to build your brand or sell a handbag, you know, like. Yeah. So I have one last question for you. I know someone who's with someone who became so associated with the brand that this person was at that when she left, she was untouchable because no one could form that she could be different. And it's, it was a career setback for her and she's still trying to figure it out. So what, you know, you mentioned that you were at DKNY for 17 years and you left and, you know, how long did it take and how did you give yourself the grace to say, okay, I'm going to allow myself this amount of time to be my own person, my own brand. I love that question. So this is, this is a huge part of on brand too, is the rebranding part, right? So we talk about rebranding. We talk about being boxed into a certain thing. I definitely, as you know, was boxed into DQI PR girl. But the thing is that with communication, with the right positioning, with the right way of communicating, with the right way to signal your network in certain ways, you can start to shift that perception. So of course, right after I left, 
I was in no way, no man's land. I was like, I, I have no idea who I am, like zero. And then I was like, oh, well, I have this book, Leave Your Mark. So maybe I can, I can form something with that idea of Leave Your Mark. And then it's building blocks, right? So first it's a book that I, then it becomes a podcast and you start to understand the fact that you can control this by actually creating your own destiny. So it does really go back to content and what you're putting out there to signal to your network that you're doing other things. And literally this person is the perfect candidate to read on brand and to do the work because as you go through, I mean, the whole book is a journey in self-reflection, yeah. understanding where you were, how you were so tied in to that concept. So me, DQMPRL, this person, whatever it was, and how you can work to re-message who you are today. And that starts with not just talking about things, but also taking actions. So showing up in unexpected places, speaking on panels that maybe people wouldn't necessarily imagine you to do. Maybe it is even part of your visual identity of changing your look. There's so many tactics that I go over in the book to be able to help you move in that direction but it really does start with how you think about yourself yeah like yeah. this person needs to think about themselves differently and then start communicating that way so other people do yeah wow well i started the book i will finish it in 2030 when <laughs> my children have graduated from school <laughs> i love you i always thank you so much for having me on rebecca oh I love my gosh. watching you i love oh. watching you you're amazing. You're always a joy, just energy, joy. And you do speaking, you know, personal branding, like you are such a great person for people to model behavior for. Like you are an example of someone who does it really well. So oh, for everyone thanks. listening, just, just keep on following Rebecca and doing what you do. <laughs> <laughs> You're so cute. Um, so tell us where we can buy the books real quick. Oh, you know, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, anywhere you buy books. My website's alizalick.com. I'm focused right now on corporate speaking because I have a talk that's called how to establish your personal brand at work to drive success. So I'm going into companies to really help their teams understand how they're showing up, especially in advance of like review season. And that's been, that's been something that's been new and exciting. That's awesome. I'm so happy to see you again. And thank you so much. I'm so yes, happy and for you. what you're doing to help others. It's so important. So thank you. Yeah. I just wanted to thank you guys for listening to today's episode. I also want to ask you to rate and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts. I know it's a pain in the butt, but it actually helps with search and algorithm. So if you love this podcast, it is an easy way to get it more visible and out there. I also want you to follow me on Instagram at Rebecca Minkoff at RM Superwomen and be sure to check out my book, Fearless, The New Rules for Unlocking Creativity, Courage, and Success. Thank you again and you will hear from me next week.